0: You ever felt tired? Feel tired tonight? Maybe you do. It's the middle of the week. You ever feel like you're running out of gas? Running out of gas is no fun, right? Um, I did it one time in my life. I was on my way to a meeting, and uh, I was driving my wife's car that I didn't normally drive, and it was close to getting low on the tank, and I saw the light come on, and I thought, I just need to get to the meeting. I made it to my meeting, and then I was headed to go find a gas station. I was going to go fill it up, and I, it just seemed like I was in a part of town where there wasn't a gas station anywhere around. And I drove and drove and drove, and it, I could tell it's really getting low and lower, and then all of a sudden it starts to sputter, and there was a gas station just ahead, And the car died just as I was rolling into the parking lot. But it was kind of a little uphill thing. And so I jump out of the car while it's still rolling, you know, trying to keep it moving up the hill. And there I am pushing the car. And this really nice guy came running over to help me. And he got on the other side of the car. And we pushed it up together. It was this big old 1994 Ford Taurus. You know what those cars look like. And we pushed it up right next to the gas pump. And I jumped out thinking, what a blessing. I had to help. And I got out. And the gas tank was on the opposite side from where we pushed. So here I thought so victorious in my running out of gas, rolling it right to stop. And so I had to go back sheepishly to the man who had helped me and said, Would you mind helping me push my car again? Because the pump wouldn't reach, you know, so we had to turn the car around and push it to the other side so we could gas up the car and get it. Running It definitely wasn't one of my proudest moments as a, as a man with ability to get things accomplished. Running out of gas is no fun. You know, spiritually speaking, we can get weary at times, can't we? We can run out of gas. And when we get to that point in our life, it can bring great struggle and great problems. In fact, often when people are experiencing the weariness of the flesh is when they struggle with temptation when they struggle with doubt, when they find themselves falling into all kinds of sin that maybe when they're walking in strength, they wouldn't even consider at all. And yet we all face times in life where we run out of gas and we need help. But for the believer, this is one of the wonderful ministries of the Holy Spirit, His strengthening ministry. We talked about two weeks ago the fact that the Holy Spirit has a great work in salvation. He helps and works. He's part of saving us. Yes, Jesus Christ saves us, but the Holy Spirit does His work, right, of convicting us and challenging us and helping us to understand our need of a Savior. Last week, we looked at the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit as He indwells us and works in us to help to change us to be like Jesus Christ. And tonight I want to encourage you and challenge you from the Word of God as we look at six different ways in which the Holy Spirit ministers to us by strengthening us as Christians and making us into what we are to be in the image of Christ. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 tonight. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at several different passages of Scripture, but we'll come back to this passage in Romans 8 several times. So you may want to put a marker there or keep your finger there as we go. I hope you got some notes as we came in tonight, and so you can fill those out. All I've included there is the kind of six main points, but I've tried to leave blanks for you to be able to write in some of these Scripture passages. Because you may be here tonight and say, I feel strong in the Spirit. I'm walking with the Lord. Things are good. Or you may feel like things aren't good at all. But either way, we all need the Spirit's strengthening ministry and so i hope you'll write these things down so that they can be a help to you whether it's right now or when you are going through something later on that you can refer back to and be encouraged by the word of god romans chapter 8 look at verse 14 the bible says this for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god as we think about the strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit, I want you to notice, number one, that the Holy Spirit leads and guides. The Holy Spirit leads and guides. As people, we find ourselves led by many different things. People are led by their emotions, their feelings, their desires. The Bible tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? People follow their heart. Those things will mislead you, but the Holy Spirit leads and guides. He is a faithful leader and a faithful guide because the Holy Spirit always speaks the truth. In fact, Jesus, as He was speaking of the Holy Spirit's coming, said that He would not speak of Himself, but He would only speak that which the Father told Him. You can be free from aimlessness and emotional insecurity in your life if you'll walk with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads you to a life that is stable, that is based, that is rooted in truth. It doesn't matter whether you're a teenager or a senior saint or anywhere in between. All of us struggle with instability, insecurity, insecurity. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful guide. You don't need to let your anxiety control you. You don't need to live a life as a Christian that's stressed out. Stress can dissipate as you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So we're reminded here that the sons of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. Are you following the Spirit's leading? Are you walking according to your own emotions, your own desires, As we looked at this morning in our study in Psalm 119, God's Word gives you wisdom greater than your enemies, greater than your teachers, what you've heard, what you've learned in the past, perhaps, what someone told you one time. God's Word gives you wisdom even beyond, the Bible says, the ancients, those who would live just by experience. Why? Because the Word of God being worked on in you through the Spirit of God, leads and guides you into truth. I'm going to move through some of these kind of quickly tonight because I think this ministry, the strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit is best understood as we understand the breadth of all six of these tonight. So number two, we know that the Holy Spirit assures, He assures us. You're still in Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 15 and 16. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of of God. Everyone I think deals with some amount of insecurity. Even those who would try to present themselves as being very bold and confident and self-assured. We all face times of insecurity. We want affirmation. We want acceptance. People want someone to like them. One of the greatest strengthening ministries of the Holy Spirit is to assure us of where we stand with God. God loves you. Did you know He likes you too? He He delights in His children. That's a great assurance, isn't it? To know that God loves us as His children, and He talks about the response here in verse 15. He says, "'Ye have not received the spirit of bondage,' again to fear,' Rather, he says, you've received the spirit of adoption. He's brought you into the family. And the response there, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know the word Abba. You've maybe heard this before. This was the Hebrew word for daddy, "dad, dad." This is what a small child, Abba, 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 would call their father. It's a term of endearment. Someone who is confident in in the love of their Father, refers to Him as Abba. This is someone who has the assurance that only the Holy Spirit gives. We see that assurance spelled out for us in the next verse, verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Many people struggle at times with the assurance of their salvation. No, am I saved? Did I pray the right prayer? Is God really has He forgiven me of my sin? Have I done things the right way? One of the great assurances of salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, your salvation is not dependent on you, it's dependent on what God did for you through Jesus Christ. When you trust in him by grace you're saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast god doesn't lose his children he's adopted you he's made you part of the family and the assurance of that is the holy spirit inside of you giving you confidence of that but as we'll talk more in some coming weeks about this if you're walking in sin you may not feel much of the work of the Spirit other than the convicting work of the Spirit in your heart. If you want to feel the assuring power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, walk in truth, walk in obedience. Live according to God's Word. Live as a child of God. Talk to Him in prayer. Ask Him for things. Spend time with Him. Read His Word. Get to know Him. And you too can experience the wonderful assuring work of the Holy Spirit as He strengthens you and encourages you, as He bears witness with your spirit that you are the child of God. Praise the Lord. He assures us. G. Campbell Morgan, maybe you've heard of him. He was a great... Preacher of the late 1800s and early 1900s. He was reading God's Word one day to a a widow lady who was shut in. She couldn't get out and come to church, so he went and was reading God's Word to her. And he came to the verse that states, Lo, I am with you always. And he paused, and he looked up at her and he said, Isn't that a wonderful promise? To which the dear lady replied, No, it's a wonderful promise. Reality. This lady knew the presence of God, and he gave her great assurance. His loving presence truly is a wonderful reality for those who choose not to neglect Him, but rather to walk in His presence. I get excited thinking about it. I just got goosebumps talking about that. Isn't it encouraging to know the strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit that He leads and guides us, and He does that as He assures us of our relationship with God. If you've messed up, if you've done some things wrong that you're not proud of, confess it to God. He'll forgive you. He loves you. If you've trusted in Jesus as your Savior... He's your father. And you can call out to him with all the love and affection. Abba, Daddy, I love you. Amen. That's special. The Holy Spirit's strengthening ministry. He leads and guides, He assures. Number three, the Holy Spirit comforts. Comforts. Can you imagine what must have been going through the disciples' minds after they had spent some three plus years with Jesus, seeing him perform miracles and feed thousands and calm storms and cause the blind to see and the lame to walk and bring the dead back to life? He had taught them. He had loved them. They had slept in the same place. They had walked together. They had talked together. They had had such great fellowship. When they struggled, He was there to encourage them. And then Jesus sits down with them and He says, I'm going away. I'm going to leave you. Oh, what a letdown that might have been in their hearts as their plans of what was going to happen. I mean, some of them we know were looking for places of importance at the right hand of God. Some were looking for Him to come and to overthrow the Romans and to set up His kingdom. And Jesus now, their their friend, their teacher, their Lord, their master, looks at them and says, I need to leave you. I'm going away from you. But in the middle of all that, Jesus said something very special to His followers In John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, listen to what He said. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him. For he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. He continued on to describe the ministry of the Holy Spirit in his comforting ministry over in John chapter 16, just a couple of chapters later, verses 6 and 7, Jesus said, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Because I told you I'm leaving. I mean, think about it. This is like your closest friend. Maybe like a parent or a grandparent who who you spent so much time with and now they're just leaving you. He says, I know sorrow has filled your heart, but notice he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It's good for you. It's better for you. It's beneficial to you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send you him unto you. I think to really feel and understand the full effect of the words of Jesus here, you have to understand where those disciples were, of the relationship that they had with Jesus Christ. This was a face-to-face, a, a personal relationship that they had spent all this time with him. and now he's going away, but he says, it's better for you. It's expedient for you that I go away because then I'll send the comforter the comforter the holy spirit comforts god knew that the christian life would be hard the christian life it's full of sorrows for those who know the holy spirit though sorrows only for a little while and god provides comfort and strength to get through it 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 says but i would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. People are looking for comfort in all kinds of things, aren't they? Yeah. People look for comfort in other people. But you know what you'll find if you try to find comfort just in other people? You might find out what Job found out in Job 16, verse 2, when he said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. You might even echo the words of the psalmist as he said in Psalm sixty nine twenty. "'Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness, and I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none.'" Have you ever faced something in life and you feel like nobody understands, nobody even cares? Here I am struggling, I'm beaten down, I'm weary, I'm out of gas. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. He's the one who comes alongside. Notice what Jesus said again back in John chapter 14. He says, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Remember what David said in Psalm 139 Whither shall I flee from thy spirit? If I ascend up into heaven, behold, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning, fly to the uttermost part of the sea, even there. He says his Holy Spirit's with him. Holy Spirit comforts. Humans can comfort, but it has an end, right? Sometimes they're not there. Sometimes they don't understand. You may even come to church, you think, I ought to find some comfort there. There's other believers there, and that is something. Believers, we ought to edify and encourage one another. But there's a place where human ability runs out. We need the Spirit's comforting ministry. The Holy Spirit strengthens us as He comforts. Some people look for distractions, drugs, alcohol, painkillers, illicit relationships. Those don't bring comfort. They might numb the pain. They might distract you. They're just a short-term fix. Only God can provide true comfort, a true release, a true fix from the sorrows of this life. The Holy Spirit comforts. Number four, the Holy Spirit intercedes. You're still in Romans chapter 8. Have you ever been in the middle of of a struggle and pain and you don't know what to say, you didn't know what to say? Consider what Romans chapter 8 verse 26 and 27 say, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Amen. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh, here it is, intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The great strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit in His intercession for us. So that even when we get to the place in life when struggle is so heavy, we can't even get the words out or we're not even sure what to say, the Holy Spirit's there making intercession on our behalf. Isn't it incredible to think of the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we have dwelling in us as believers? Oh, my friend, why would we ever (laughs) stray from walking in the Spirit. And yet we do so much of the time, don't we? I think part of the reason we stray is because we forget. We choose not to remember the wonderful, strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit. He intercedes. Number five, the Holy Spirit gives patience and hope. When life is hard, people will often pray, God, get me out of this situation. Or how about the prayer of 2020? Take us back to normal. But turn over. We're still in the book of Romans. Go, go a few chapters further back into the book, chapter 15. He says in verse 13, Now the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. What you need is not to be taken out of your situation or for things to go back to normal, what you need is to hope in God because he is the one who has the power. He has the plan and he's working to fulfill it. Hope in him not just in His ability to take you out of your problem. I think this idea, we we can see it explained even greater back in Romans chapter 5, verses 2 through 5, where He says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, right? That's the ability to be confident, to stand with confidence and assurance and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, here it is, it's not about getting back to normal, it's not getting me out of the situation, he says, but we glory in tribulations also. I don't know about you, that's not my normal response in tribulation. All right, let's glory in this. But this is the amazing work of the Spirit that makes us able to do things that we could not do. Without His strength, He says, we glory in tribulation. Why? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Have you ever thought about that phrase, hope maketh not ashamed? Your hope will make you ashamed if your hope is in the wrong thing. But hope maketh not ashamed when, notice, it says because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you patience as He takes you through the tribulations of life. The tribulation works patience. I've always thought thought about it this way, and James speaks to this too. The trying of your faith worketh patience. Patience is not a gift. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit that only comes through tribulation and work. It's not something that can be given. It's something that must be earned. But it's only something that's earned as God helps you through that tribulation. Right? Be careful if you're praying for patience. Because there's something that has to come in front of that. And yet, if we're honest, don't we all need more patience? Yeah. And you know what? I think the longer you live and the more the world continues to go the way that it does, the more patience you're going to need. Hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Holy Spirit gives patience and hope. Number six, our last point for tonight: the Holy Spirit renews strength. Renews your strength. Have you ever run before? So you say, Well, it's been a long time. But if you ever ran at some point in your life, do you know what they're talking about when they say you get a second wind? You're running and you push through and all of a sudden you just feel like I've got a second wind. I've got some new energy. I've got some strength to go. And scientists have studied this second wind out and they've determined it's part psychological and part physiological. That your body literally does have reserves of energy that you can tap into as you push through. And it's also a psychological thing. It's in your mind when you decide, I can do this and keep going. You can find that second wind. Well, that's kind of the physical, psychological explanation of that second wind. But for the Christian, there's something even better than a runner's second wind. And that's the Holy Spirit's ability to renew our strength. Look at Ephesians 3, verse 16. He says that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might and, By His Spirit, notice where, in the inner man. Or how about 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16 says, For the which cause we faint not, for though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Are you facing something difficult? You may be. You don't need strength for tomorrow. You just need strength for today. Sometimes we fail to trust God. I don't have enough strength to last another year. You don't need to. You just have to live today in His strength because He renews your strength day by day. You can trust that you'll have enough strength for tomorrow because you can take confidence that He already gave you enough strength for today. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If He's made it this far, if He's taken you this far, don't you think He can take you another step? But isn't it so true? We get to those places in life, I just don't think I'll be able to take one more step. I don't know how we're going to survive this. I'm seeing all of these memories pop up on my Facebook feed and people sharing photos of all the stuff that was going on a year ago. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to make it through. Look around. You're still here. God wants you here, He's going to keep you here. When God's ready to be done with you, if you're a believer, He'll take you home to heaven. The Spirit gives you strength and He renews it day by day. Oh, the great strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit. He gives strength. He's the secret source for every Christian. He leads and He guides your life. He assures you of your standing with God. He comforts and consoles you through life's sorrows. He intercedes for you when you don't even know what to pray for. He provides patience and hope, supernatural endurance and perspective, and He renews strength, perpetually providing a supernatural second wind ready to encourage the tired runner. I want to close with one verse from Psalm, Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Oh, as a Christian, there's great sorrow, but we can have great joy because of the supernatural strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. I'm so thankful for what He does and continues to do for us each and every day. May we learn to walk in the Spirit. Don't neglect your relationship with God. These are the kinds of things that come about in your life as you walk with Him. And again, we'll get into this study a little bit more, but just think about where it's going. What does Galatians say? The the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Say, how do you see that fruit in your life? It's by walking in obedience and faithfully to the Word of God, trusting in Him, knowing His strengthening ministry in your life. Amen. Lord, we thank You for the work of Your Spirit. Thank You for what it does in us and through us. May we be encouraged and reminded and helped as we continue to read Your Word and study it. As we continue to walk in the Spirit, in Jesus' name I pray, amen.